0: on Local Now, Channel 525. It's a commanding view of the throne of God. That is what we're looking at next here on Abounding Grace with Gary Wagner. The throne of all grace, the throne of all mercy, the throne of God. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Today, we're in Revelation chapter 4, looking at this throne of God. He reveals himself to John and us through this book, and it is a marvelous revelation at that. This is what we're exploring the rest of this week here on Abounding Grace. Won't you join us with today's broadcast from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose? Here's our teacher and pastor now, once again, Gary Wagner.
1: Ezekiel. Chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Now above the expanse that was over their heads, there was something resembling a throne like lapis lazuli in appearance. And on that which resembled a throne, high up was a figure with the appearance of a man. Then I noticed from the appearance of his loins and upward, something like glowing metal that looked like fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his loins and downward, I saw something like fire. And there was a radiance around him. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice speaking. So here... You see where John got his description of Christ that he uses in the first chapter of Revelation that led him to fall down on his face, and you see where he gets this picture of the throne of God in the fourth chapter of Revelation. Now, there's an interesting statement here in Ezekiel one twenty-six. He says, on this magnificent throne, there sits a figure with the appearance of a man. Then in verse 27, he describes this man in gorgeous figures of speech that resemble the Son of Man again in the first chapter of Revelation. So, what Ezekiel is saying is that this incomprehensible, inconceivable God that is infinite and transcendent above us is known only by the revelation of Himself. In his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this throne is surrounded with an emerald rainbow. Later on, you know, it talks about Christ's crown as being a rainbow. Now, anyone who knows his Bible at all knows that God had the symbol of the rainbow before Jesse Jackson or the LBG, LBGTQ community. And that a rainbow was God's covenant sign with Noah in which he says, I will never do this again, Noah. I am not going to destroy the whole world with judgment again. I'm not going to cause the world. I am going to cause the world to continue in existence until all of my redemptive purposes are complete. It will not be destroyed by nuclear holocaust." depletion of natural resources, or anything like that. I am going to preserve history and my creation. I will not destroy it in judgment again by water or any which way. I am going to redeem it and guarantee that man does not destroy it until all of my redemptive purposes have been reached. Then God puts his rainbow in the sky. Now, I love what the Bible says about this rainbow. You know, God says, every time I see the rainbow, I remember to be faithful to the promise I made to you. Not simply every time you see the rainbow, you remember I will be faithful But God says, every time I see the rainbow, I will remember my covenant promise to keep everything in place until redemption wins the day. So, beloved, I don't know about you, but I am always in the rainy season looking for rainbows. Look for rainbows and realize God is looking at that rainbow And he wants you to remember that he is remembering to be faithful to his people, regardless of the adversities they have to face in this life. So here's a rainbow that completely surrounds the throne. Everywhere the person on the throne looks, there is a rainbow. Later on, he has a crown that surrounds his head that is like a rainbow. And John, of course, can't miss it. Everywhere he looks around the one who sits on the throne, there is a rainbow. So do you think God will ever forget to be faithful to you? No matter how ferocious the enemies of the church attack us, do you think God will forget to be faithful to his church? Of course not. There is this great rainbow that surrounds the throne of God as a reminder. Then notice what else it says about the throne. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. Now use your imagination again. Here's the throne. It is made up of all these gigantic precious stones, and around the foot of the throne there are 24 smaller thrones, and on those thrones sit 24 elders who are clothed in white garments wearing golden crowns on their heads. Now, we have already seen what white clothing symbolizes in the book of Revelation it symbolizes triumph, it symbolizes victory those who march in victory, wear white robes. It symbolizes festivities and joyful times, and it symbolizes being washed in the blood of the Lamb and having your sins forgiven. So here these elders are, seated on these thrones. And by the way, this is one of the places we get the word session. When the elders officially meet, we call it, A session meeting because session is from the Latin word that means sitting. The sitting elders. When the elders officially meet, they are meeting as the governors and the servants of the church. And both in the Psalms and the book of Revelations, elders are pictured as sitting around the throne. They have white robes on. They have golden crowns in their heads. Now, what is a crown? Well, a crown is actually two things. A crown, first of all, is a symbol of triumph. If someone were to win a race or a war, he was given a golden wreath around his head. But secondly, it is a symbol of rule. It is a symbol of dominion. We saw earlier in the book of Revelation, in the first chapter, that Christ has made his people into a kingdom of priests, but I believe the King James has it as kings and priests. So the emphasis in the book of Revelation is that these Christian elders are saved to exercise dominion. They are saved to exercise rule. Rome was exercising a tyrannical dominion in the name of man. In the face of Rome, Christians were called upon to exercise rule and dominion in terms of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to exercise dominion and rule over themselves and over their families and over their churches and over their businesses. And eventually, as God's grace allows over their nations and their communities. Christians, beloved, were born again to rule. Christians were saved to be given dominion to subdue subdue the earth and to rule for God under His Word. They had on white garments that they were given by Christ. They were not of their own making, And they had crowns that they received from Christ. Now, who are these 24 elders? First, what is an elder? They are mentioned again in the fifth chapter in verses 8 through 10. Well, an elder is a representative of Christ and of the church. So that wherever the true elders are, there is a church. When someone is excommunicated for apostasy because he cannot be won over by two or more witnesses, the Bible says, turn him over to the church. Now, that doesn't mean turn him over to the congregation. And if you were a Jew in the first century and you heard Jesus say that in light of the Old Testament, you would be hearing him say, turn him over to the representatives of the church. Where the representatives of the church meet, there is the church. For instance, in the Old Testament, whenever Moses had, had to make a big decision, he would call, quote, the children of Israel to come and advise him. Now, that doesn't mean that every time Moses had to make a decision, he called together two and a half to three million people and tried to get some kind of opinion No, the lower house of the Old Testament legislature was called the children of Israel, but the upper house in the Old Testament was called the Senate. And in the Old Testament, the Senate represented the 12 tribes, or may I say, the states where the people lived. And if you want more instruction on this, get the great book, great book, The Hebrew Republic by a man named E.C. Wines. But the point is, these are the representatives of the church so that wherever the elders meet, there the church is. So here you have the whole church of Christ, the whole church of Christ on thrones around the foot of the throne of God. Now, why 24? Well, the number 24 plays an important role in the book of Revelation. Go through the book of Revelation and just underline all the places wherever 24 occurs. Numbers in those days had some symbolic reference. What is the number 24 made up of? 24 is made up of two 12s, and 12 had a very important symbolic reference in Scripture. For instance, how many patriarchs were there in the Lord's congregation in the old testament 12 heads of tribes of israel how many apostles were there in the church of the lord in the new testament 12 so you have 12 patriarchs in the lord's congregation in the old testament and you have 12 apostles in the lord's church in the new testament in other words Here you have around the throne the entirety of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The holy catholic small c church that transcends time and transcends nationality. And whether it is the Old Testament or the New Testament, it is the same church. There are 24 elders, representatives of the same church. That in the Old Testament is described by the patriarchs, and in the New Testament it is described by 12 apostles. Beloved, this is the one church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the entirety of Christ's blood-bought body. I want you to notice something it doesn't say. And trust me, this is important for all kinds of reasons. It doesn't say in verse 4, And around the throne there were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones I saw 24 civil magistrates sitting. It is not the civil magistrate that sits around the foot of the throne. But here is the one thing that pinches for what today is called the patriarchy movement. And around the throne there were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones I saw 24 fathers sitting it wasn't families represented here it wasn't 24 families or 24 civil magistrates it was 24 elders because under christ the most important thing in all of this earth is not the family it is the church the family of god represented in the church of the lord jesus christ And if you are a family, father, mother, children, and other dependents that has any future at all on this earth, it is only going to be in the context of the family of God, which is the church represented in these 24 elders. So here you have the great and glorious, most important institution on the face of the earth, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ represented in these elders now notice what it says about the throne in verse 5 out from the throne come flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder what does that remind you of think for just a second well i hope two things and actually two directions it should remind you that there will be a judgment day in the future And when God's throne appears in the skies before the whole human race, it will be a day of thunder and flashings flashings of lightning. But even more important or equally important, these are the same terms used to describe the revelation of God's law to Moses on Mount Sinai. You remember? Listen to Exodus 9.16 and you'll see where John the Apostle gets this description. So it came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camps trembled. When Jehovah gave the law of God to Moses and the children of Israel in the Old Testament, Mount Sinai, the whole mountain quaked and there was thunder and lightning and a glory cloud covered the entire mountain. And now the apostle John has taken this very same description and applies it to the throne of God that governs the world today, which we'll see next week has a lamb sitting on it. And the point is that the sovereign who sits on that throne in Revelation four is the lawgiver on Mount Sinai, who holds not only Israel, but the church. Apostate Judaism, pagan Rome, and every institution and person on the face of the earth accountable to his law. The lawgiver who gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai is the one God who sits on this throne. Now notice what else it says about it. It says in verse... Five from the throne proceeds flashings of lightning and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. This is the second time that we've had this figure of speech with reference to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is said to be, in Isaiah, a spirit of burning and of cleansing. And here he is described as seven fold spirits with seven torches, more than likely symbolizing the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit by which he enables people to know Christ and understand his word. The illumination he gives in the fullness of all of his power that makes Christ's church wise and strong and pure and large. So, all three of the persons of the Trinity are here. And we're going to see next week that very particularly. So now use your imagination. You've got a throne that is made of all these precious stones and surrounding it is the church represented by elders sitting on 24 smaller thrones. Also surrounding it are these seven bright torches representing the Holy Spirit. And there's a rainbow around all of it. Now, verse six, before the throne, there was something like, like, which means you are not to take this literally, but figuratively, a sea of glass like crystal. So get the picture now of this glorious, brilliant throne surrounded by a sea of crystal. The book of Ezekiel says also in its vision that the sky above the throne is crystal now use your imagination here you've got this glorious throne sitting on a massive sea of crystal with a crystal sky above it at versailles the opulent pass, pa- palace in france there's a hall of mirrors where there are all kinds of golden chandeliers crystal Golden tables and golden chairs and rich tapestry. And to make it even more magnificent, there was placed huge mirrors on both sides that just magnified the brilliance of it all. Well, that could be the point of the crystal here in our picture. Here is the brilliant throne, and this crystal is just magnifying the brilliance of the throne That sits right in the middle. It has a dazzling brightness. But it could mean something else. In the book of Revelation, or it could mean both. In the book of Revelation, there are some beasts that come out of the sea. Hideous beasts. Like Rome is shown coming out of a tempestuous raging sea. Symbolizing depraved humanity built upon a principle of revolt against God. That's the way John would see the human race from Patmos. On the island of Patmos he would look around and and see Rome and, and apostate Judaism. Like a raging sea persecuting him and trying to silence the church. And God says to John. Come up here, John. I want you to see what the human race looks like to me a placid, calm crystal sea. Now, what is he saying? He's saying, from your perspective, John, in the midst of all these waves and these storms, it is a ferocious thing. From my perspective, I have everything under control. There's no threat in this sea to this throne. It is placid. It is under my control. Then in verse 6, it says, And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first creature was like a lion and the second creature like a calf or an ox. And the third creature had a face like that of a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease saying. And then you have a record of the song they were singing. But add this to your imagination now, the throne, the sea of glass, the throne of elders, the rainbow, the torches, and now you have these four living creatures. One looks like a lion, one like a calf, one like a man, and one like a flying eagle. Each one of these living creatures has six wings. Each one of them are full of eyes around and within, and they never stop singing the song, Holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come.
0: Eight six six five six oh seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB post mailbox four oh two, and the address is fourteen eighty four Pollard Road.